Hello and welcome to another episode of the Authentic Path Podcast. This is your host, Valen Sugarman-Lash, and this is episode number 18. On this episode, I had the privilege to speak to one of my favorite musicians, Stephen Day. And Stephen is one of the most genuine, kind, compassionate, and humble people that I've ever actually talked to. And on this episode, all of those qualities really shine through. We dive deep into his story as a musician and kind of how he started creating music and why. And then we get into a little bit more of the deeper stuff about you know, what does authenticity mean to him and how does he show up in his life with authenticity? And it's honestly a really, really good conversation. And I hope that you enjoy it because I really enjoyed talking to him. And so I hope you enjoy listening. And before we get into the show, I just want to give you an opportunity to reach out to me. Uh, I would love to hear anything you have to say about the show. Are you excited? Do you like it? Is it helping you live your dreams? Or on the other hand, do you hate it? Is it not helping you live your dreams? Are you not finding value in the show? I would love to hear from you directly. So if you have anything to say to me about the show, reach out at hello at phelan.com. And I would love to hear from you because I am just looking to make this better and looking to add more value to your lives. And so anything, any feedback you have would be really wonderful. So without further ado, welcome to episode number 18 of the Authentic Path podcast with Stephen Day. Thanks so much. Three, two, one, zero. Steven, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm super excited to chat and hear a little bit more of your story face to face. So yeah, just to get started, um, I'd love for you to share a little bit of what you do and, and why you do it. Yeah. Um, Valen, thanks for having me. Um, I am a singer-songwriter artist in Nashville, Tennessee, and I've been doing that professionally for um, maybe four or five years now. I kind of did it through college, and then I've been out of college for two years. And so, I mean, I guess you could say six years total, but a lot of that was like school and music at the same time. Um, But yeah, I'm just put out a new song. I've got a EP, an album out, and then another, I guess, EP or like small project is coming out this fall. Super exciting. I love your new song. It's a very different vibe than your old songs, um, but super good. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Sort of came from just, I don't know, I, I had never produced my own music. And that's what I've been up to during the whole lockdown thing. Yeah, sweet. I had other questions planned, but let's just like jump into this now. So you talk about like how the lockdown has been a big like inspiration period for you. Can you tell me more about that and like the choice behind getting into this as like a creative period of your life as opposed to letting it like get you down and not doing anything? Because I know you had a whole tour lined up and that would have been super fun. Yeah. So the tour, it was was a huge, huge bummer. I mean, I was basically... I was about to go play my first international show in the Philippines at wow. a festival. And I was going into my last rehearsal with my band and my manager calls and she's like, Hey, guess what? Uh, the, the festival's canceled. Oh. And <laughs> so we basically, we actually still rehearsed cause we were still banking on the U S tour happening. And so we went in rehearsed, and then, um, basically, within a few days, it was like everything started to cancel. And so, um, at first, it, it wasn't really like an inspirational moment. You know, it was like a bummed, um, sort of like anxious moment where it was like, what am I going to do for 
however long this thing lasts. And it took me, my, my manager was pretty quick to be like, Hey, let's like, let's write the next project. Like, let's do it. And I was kind of like, Oh, like, but I just put out an album. Like, I, don't <laughs> I, I think it was maybe two and a half weeks, three weeks. It took for me to like get out of the original headspace of the gloom and doom kind of thing. It was like, what's happening in the world. And then once, once that three week period kind of, kind of went off, I, me and my manager sort of like had this moment where we're like, okay, I'm going to like write and I'm just going to write a song a day. And we kind of do this deal that seems to work. We kind of do this deal where if I don't, if, if we're in what we call like a writing period for me, she'll say, if you don't send me a song today, that's 10 bucks. And so it's cool. like, I've realized that I, I won't, you know, write a song if I don't have a deadline. I don't know. It's just an interesting thing about my personality. It's like the deadline is what helps me finish uh, the work. Yeah, there's um, this guy named Stephen Pressfield who wrote a book called The War of Art. And it's all about just like doing the work, you know, that it takes. And that means showing up in the morning every day, ready to write and ready to be an artist. And that's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely feel that. There's a lot of it for me is like if I don't have a deadline or something like that it'll be I'll, I'll still create but the finished project will never come <laughs> mm, gotcha that's actually a huge clarification because i think that like so often we get caught up before the end and then let this like striving for perfection stop us from actually letting something out into the world right 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 and honestly yeah. it was that was the main point to everything i've done during this time it was like i'm just going to make something and put it out it was like I had no other intentions. Yeah, that's awesome. So I want to dive in a little bit like to that. And just I'm curious, when you say I had no other intentions just to create and put something out into the world, has that always been how you've approached music? Or did you start your musical career wanting to achieve something or wanting to put a certain message out into the world? And what's been your intention over time through art? Yeah. Um, originally, like when I was... 19 and working on undergrad romance my first ep it was like i had these songs some of them i'd written in high school and some of them i had written my freshman year of college and it was just sort of like the feeling of what do i do next it wasn't like i necessarily had a vision mm -hmm. it was just like oh i have these songs i should get somebody to help me record them and that's pretty much how it felt at the time it was kind of like this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, it was just like this moment of, I have songs, let's get them recorded and then put them out and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would say with the guess I'm grown now album that I put out, that was definitely more of like, okay, I want to put, you know, 10 songs together and call it my, you know, debut album and like kind of use it, to present who I want to be viewed as, as an artist. So that one felt a little more intentional. Uh, this specific project honestly just feels like a, Hey, let's just see what I can make in my room, you know? Yeah. So it's, it feels very different, but also very life giving at the same time. That's awesome. Yeah. So are you a full-time musician or do you have other stuff you do? Uh, as of right now, I'm a full-time musician. Awesome. That's, how does that feel? like looking at yourself as a 
24 year old and then jumping back to when you were maybe 18 looking forward. I actually think about that a lot. (laughs) It is, I haven't figured out the way to say it, but it feels like exactly where I want it to be, but it doesn't look like that. You know Uh, what I'm saying? Tell me more. I think some of it was when I was, you know, 15 or 16, it was like, I'm going to be like, this pop star and like had yeah. a certain view of, and, and like it, it, it felt like I was going to go to Nashville and somebody was going to be like, here's a record deal. Like just have it in their hand. Right. And I just signed the paper, you know? And, but what it's actually looked like is building friendships, you know, working alongside a manager for three years and like grinding, you know? Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's always interesting to get asked a question like that because it's like I'm exactly where I wanted to be when I really think about it. It doesn't look like what I thought it would, but it's like a beautiful moment to have that realization, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. I think that that's, you know, we're similar in age. I'm 22. And I think that at our age, like amazing, <laughs> that's like what, what we should be striving for. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious for you, like when you talk about the grind and the hustle and building relationships and making friends, I think that that's the secret sauce of, of entrepreneurship. That's not actually that secret, right? Cause you know, becoming a musician is really starting a business and starting your own career. And I think that, um, so many people look at their dreams and say, there's no way I could do that, but really it's just like, do the work and then it will happen and make friends and like, be a good person and all that. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think it's perspective too, you know. Hmm. It's, like, it's all that and then it's what you want to what you want to see, you know, as your end goal and and how you view that in real time. You know, it's like I have I have fans and I have people that listen to my music and, and that's exactly what I wanted, you know. And now and now it's up to me whether I want to continue to grow that or not. Right. Yeah. So looking forward for you, what do you want? Have you thought about that? I'm sure you have. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, it's the older I've gotten, the more comfortable I am with thinking about that question. I feel (laughs) like when I was younger, it was a little more like romanticized and like, um, I just, I mean, I still have that romantic side of my personality where it's like make good music and good things will happen. I still have mm-hmm. that. I, I fully believe that. And because I, I think people by nature enjoy good art. And I mean, that's in itself is like a subjective conversation. But, you know, I would hope at some level it's like a objective thing. I don't know. <laughs> that's a whole nother. Yeah. We can get into that. Super interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say you know, I really, at this point in my career, my, my goal right now is sort of to be, I want to make pop music, but always have like my spin and like dash of spice on it. Hmm. And I think for me, that looks like what, what has always felt natural to me is like older, you know, retro sounding, um, like whether it be soul music or like Glenn Campbell doing country, it's like some of those things are just 
feel more myself. And so it's, to me, it's figuring out how to, to, um, put those into modern music and still be relevant because I, I don't necessarily want to make replicas of soul music or, um, you know, Glenn Campbell, Frank Sinatra. I love those people, but I want to like evolve the sound. And so for me, that looks a lot like what somebody like Leon Bridges is doing, um, where he is obviously, you know, pulling from retro sound, but trying to evolve the sound of modern music in a way that doesn't feel like just hopping on the bandwagon of pop music. Yeah. I think that's a really amazing way to put it. And it's similar to some other conversations I've had with musicians surrounding the idea of authenticity and how you can stay true to who you are and also create music that people like, right? Because I think so much of so much of society today, like we're conditioned to like certain kinds of music um, and not other kinds of music. So yeah, what is that like for you in terms of finding who you are as like, yourself and then putting that onto the world in terms of music and coming to the term coming to terms with the fact that maybe not everyone will connect with it. Yeah. You know, man, that has thankfully become more, more clear to me is, is it's almost like, especially when we're talking music, I feel like randomly and Maybe it's divine. Who knows? Randomly, I'll come across things, listen to it, um, you know, write something or, you know, see, even see something visually and be like, that feels like home to me. That feels hmm. like there's something in me that resonates with that thing. And so, honestly, Glenn Campbell's a great example of that. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He... It's, I've heard of him in your interviews, but I've never listened. Yeah. Yeah. So he is a, it's really weird. Like I would have never thought I would be interested in Glenn Campbell, but basically my grandpa one day <laughs> was like, Stephen, you know, your voice reminds me of, uh, you know, Glenn Campbell. And <laughs> I'm okay, grandpa, like I'm going to go look him up and see, see what I think about that. And I did. And I was ultimately just struck by um, just like his musicality. And it, and it wasn't even that his voice sounded like mine. But my grandpa did have something, you know, right. Because his, his register is like very similar to mine. Hmm. And so whether my grandpa meant like actual tone or, you know, timbre, it was like, the register was there. And so I, I like felt like, Oh, this is somebody that if I can sort of imitate vocally, I think my voice will learn to find itself better. And so it's like finding things that you're naturally already resonating with and realizing that that's in you too. And then finding your own voice through that. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it's really cool that you talk about it in terms of literal like resonation of your voice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good metaphor. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, I think I think the more I I think the more I'm open to listening to um different kinds of music, the more often that happens. 
it's hmm. like it's like I don't I don't want to make a Glenn Campbell record, but I do want to use things that he did well in a way that works for me. Yeah. I think that's like the grand humanity purpose basically is to take what's been done before and add onto it our own unique selves. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there was something I read in one of your interviews that said, if you could give advice to your younger self, you would say, learn how to be comfortable in your own skin and follow your gut because it knows a lot more than your mind thinks it does. And I completely agree with that. And I think that it's a really, really hard lesson to like actualize, you know, it's easy to understand, but it's hard to actually do. And so just to segue in from, from resonation and like what you are finding that connects with who you are, how do you then listen to that gut feeling and connect with what resonates and then act on it instead of letting your mind control what you do? Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I, whenever I said that, I'm not sure what interview it was, but whenever I said that, I feel like I, you know, that's like the hope. That's like mm. what I would tell myself at any point, you know? Yeah. It's kind of, it's really hard to, to do that in the moment. But when you, I think sometimes you can look back and say, oh, that, that guy, that guy, that person version of yourself you know mm -hmm. did that and so it's like important to realize when you've done that in the past and then try to you know keep doing it i don't know it's like like i feel like i'm in a moment making the thing that i just made it was like it's kind of like starting over mm. i i had never self-produced anything um and so it was just like, it was just like being a kid again. And that, it was a very cool feeling to like, and I think that's a goal. You know, every time I create something new is like, how do I, how do I make myself use my gut, you know, and, and kind of remove my head from it until, until a certain point. I mean, the mind gets involved at some point, I think because it's, it's like a good, um, I don't know what the word would be. It's like a good revise reviser. Mm, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. So, um, great to transition into something a little bit different. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about like what it feels like to enter onto your authentic path. And this is a term that I've kind of, I don't know, coined. And the more I use it, the more accurate I think that it is for, taking ownership of your life and choosing to do what you actually want to do. And just to rewind a bit, I think to when you were, you know, 19, 20, 21, when you first released uh, undergrad romance and really had that success. Um, but even before that, like what were the fears that you had to overcome? If you can remember to actually like put your work out into the world and, and choose to pursue music instead of something else. Yeah. Oh man, I, I feel like, you know, trying to feel comfortable in my own skin has always been the battle. I think, honestly, recording something felt way more comfortable to me than, like, showing people my songs or, like, singing and playing in person. 
Like, mm. I, remember, I remember in high school, I was like a, a shell of a kid trying to perform something. It was like, I mean, I still, I haven't performed live in a long time, but like, I still get super nervous. And so there's like an element to recording that's like a safety, a safe place. It's almost like I can make this exactly how I want it to be. Hmm. And it, then, then the fear comes when releasing it. You know, it's like, it's a different ball game, but I think, I think nerves are good. You know, at some level it's like, means you're excited about something. Yeah. Um, But I would say in high school and I mean, even early college, it was like just anxiety, you know? Yeah. Yeah, something that I have been dealing with recently is like, as I start this podcast and I've started coaching with people as a life coach, a fulfillment coach recently, and just like going out onto social media or introducing myself to someone and and having that new version of myself be who I am now, as opposed to before when I was just who everyone knew me as, right? Like in taking ownership and actually choosing to be someone new and kind of let go of the old and bring in the new of what your identity and what my identity is. Um, and so I'm curious, like what your transitionary phase was from being Stephen Day, the high school student or the freshman in college to Stephen Day, the musician and how your relationships have kind of changed, uh, throughout the process. Yeah. Um, that's a hard question. <laughs> Cause I mean, I, I would like to think I'm like a totally different person than, than, than back then. Um, but I think there's a lot of that kid that stays with you. Um, and maybe it's just learning how to like tell yourself, like maybe it's learning how to believe truths about yourself, um, and sort of sort of like throw out the lies Hmm. um so it's it's like a it's a lot of unfolding um but i i think i'm still very much the same person i was it's just like in high school i think i believed things about myself maybe out of fear of what people were, were gonna think of me um and that is like a long process you know it's like yeah. especially if you're if you're trying to be an artist it's like okay, I just put out a record and now I gotta, I gotta beat it with this record and and people are going to say they love the old stuff more than the new stuff. And it's like, who cares? Like make, make what you want to make. And if you love it, like, and you believe in it, then I think either those people will like come alongside you and understand what you're doing or they'll leave. And then another person will join in, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's sort of a weird, it's a weird process journey that it it just feels like it's still unfolding yeah i think that's a great answer and the reason i think it's a great answer is because it like took off anxiety for me (laughs) yeah yeah that just just saying that it's it's on it's on a path you know it's like just that act it's like okay remove that part of it it's like i'm not i'm not ever gonna be at the end yeah right like we're not being ourselves and being authentic for the haters, right? Like we're being ourselves for us and the people who it resonates with. 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, I remember I saw you live last fall in San Francisco when you were playing with Broken the Bluff. Yeah. And yeah, you opened up and your guitar string broke and it was like this crazy moment. Was that at the Utah hotel or it was like, it was a super small venue in SF. Yeah. Um, but it was such like a funny moment. We were all like, ah, (laughs) but you handled it really well. So if you get nervous performing, like you're doing great. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That. <laughs> that also, I just want like, I'm curious about that tour because I feel like it must've been so fun to like, especially those, the song, those moments where you would go on stage and play with them and do the Beach Boys songs. Like, oh my God, that was a legendary experience. Can you just talk about like what that felt like for you? Oh man. Yeah. That tour was a blast. I, I love those guys. And I love that they live in Nashville because um, I live in Nashville, and so it's like I think there I think there was some sort of brotherhood built on that tour um, that I don't know if if it would have ever been built had it not happened. Hmm. And so a lot of those shows, honestly, I was like honored to be on that tour. It felt like it felt like their tour of like we're about to take off. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, yeah. it was being on that tour made me realize, oh, the Brook and the Bluff is like about to explode. Yeah. And I, I had, I had heard that, um, you know, around town and like kind of knew the guys, but I had never gone on the road with them to see sort of the, the seeds being sown, you know, yeah. the, man, it was incredible. And I think I had a lot of affirmation on that tour too just kind of opening the show acoustic and hearing people sing songs that i had released you know weeks ago that was really cool yeah yeah that was awesome there was a moment where um you were just like talking and doing your bit and i was standing up on a balcony and i was like sing black back to georgia and you were like oh like awesome (laughs) i remember that yeah that was me yeah yeah but that go ahead go ahead I just said thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that song is like one of the ones that resonates with me most because I have two little sisters. And I think that how you open the song, it's like, when was the last time I called my sister is like so powerful because it's so hard when you're on this journey of like working your butt off to just create amazing work to then remember to connect back with home. Um, And I just like was wondering if you could dig into that a little bit more. Yeah, my my whole family immediate family at least still lives in Georgia and I actually I like visit a decent amount but it's just the feeling of of missing like the day-to-day you know Mm. like I mean your family's family and that never changes and you're gonna see them on holidays you know you're gonna see them on whatever special occasions and that's great but you know, when you move to a different city and you like start relationship with people and you see those people on a daily basis, it's impossible to have that relationship with your family anymore. You know, it's like there's a total, there's such a difference in seeing your friend every day and like you, you almost, you don't, you don't even have to stay in touch. You know, it's just like yeah. you know what's going on. And then like the thing is with family and living in a different city, it's like you go home. And, you know, it's like they have, 
you know, new inside jokes and, and like, uh, so they just know what's going on and, and right. that's, that's fine. Like that's how it should be. But it's just like that, that feeling that, that like blood runs deep, you know, it's like, man, like it sucks that I can't engage in that moment anymore. It's like, I've built this life somewhere else and that's great. I'm learning how to do life on my own, but it's like, there will always be the, the, the further, the more I grow up and, you know, the more they grow up, it's just going to be like sort of a distant, it's going to, it's going to be us having to put in the work to, to like keep that relationship, but it won't ever look like that feeling of seeing a friend every day and not having to, to like be like, Hey, so what did you do the past two months? Yeah, you know, it's like that's a big question, and you miss the like, oh, like I saw this guy on the side of the road like peddling straw uh, strawberries. I don't know. It's like yeah, sure, yeah. So that's like what the song was for you it was kind of a a representation of that nostalgic feeling. For sure, it was also like a it was also like a song that for me means like never forget where I came from and um, I just feel like I want to include you know my roots whether it be sonically musically whatever like I, I that that song also has like a country feel mm-hmm. you know it's like it's got that hippity hop like yeah <laughs> and that's that's not that's not like I don't want a whole record to sound like that of mine but it's like i think that specifically is like i wasn't raised a country boy but like georgia is a southern state and it's like it just felt right you know yeah mm-hmm. there were so many things that came out of that song that just felt right and it felt like a a longing for home but also like the rec- recognition that like home exists just in you know my being yeah that's beautifully put. Uh, in terms of creating art and writing music, do you find that your ability to reflect and introspect on what's going on for you is comes out when you write songs? Like, do you think that um, the songs, the songwriting process, brings you to a better understanding of what you're going through in life? Yeah, I'm trying to. I think it totally does. I am not. I don't think I'm the songwriter that sits down and is like trying to, you know, get to the bottom of my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think there's plenty of people that do that really well. And I admire and envy their gifts. You know, they're sort of like Bob Dylan-ness and um, like folk or even like gut-wrenching, like emotional music. Like, I admire it. I look up to it, but I don't think I'll ever be that songwriter. I think so much of it, and this is where it gets tricky is because I'm trying to like parse through this myself, but I think a lot of it comes from the musical nature to what I'm writing, you know, more than even more than the words. It's like, hmm. yes, the words are there, but like melody, like what does a melody say? Like how, how does it, how does it fall? How's it sung? Um, like what chords are being used, uh, what 
and it's just it's just interesting to see that come out and I don't necessarily always mean for it to and so it's like words yes play a big deal in my songwriting and I think um a lot of times I end up writing for the story of the song rather than just like my personal experience hmm cool um but I think musically I'm always wanting to try different things because I think I just look up to so many like musical heroes that I'm a little bit more interested in like capturing the ear of somebody that loves good music than like great songwriting. But Hmm. that's not to say I don't think my songs are good. Like I, I, (laughs) I, I want to like write good songs, but like I'm trying to like meet in the middle a little bit more than like a, it's all about the words kind of thing. Yeah. I think that definitely comes through. And until hearing you say that, I didn't really get it. But now like looking back and having listened to all of your albums a bunch of times, like totally agreed. Yeah. And especially I think like, I think Autumn's song is probably my favorite song that you've made. And that song just flows so well. Like the musicalness of it is really powerful i think yeah that that was that was a that one was like i definitely put some it it felt like a like a mesh of the two um like a strong yeah. mesh which is always the goal it's like because because sometimes with this even with the song i just put out it's like you can't that's an example of i wanted to make a certain kind of song almost like a prince-esque like John Mayer esque, like slow ride, yeah, like night drive, and it's like you can't put, you know, Bob Dylan lyrics on that song, right? Like, <laughs> it needs some like sultry um, spin on it, and so it's like it's kind of just like fitting. How how can I like expand my personality across genres and like use it to still sound like me? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's two, uh, non Stephen day branded, um, sets of songs that I really like that you've are, have been in one with Emily Sage. There's a duet you guys did. And I didn't even realize it was you for a while, but then I was like, wait, and then uh, that song is amazing. Um, and then the other one is like the summer crew or I don't remember what it's called. What's it called? Tuesday crew. Tuesday crew. Yeah. Tuesday crew. And, um, there's one song in there where like, you're all just kind of going off. And then at the end of the song, it's like this really fun, like yeah, just jumble of energy. And like two, those two songs are two of like my favorites that you've been a part of. Um, yeah. So I'm curious what it was like and how you got involved in those projects that aren't, that weren't just solo writing. Yeah. Um, so Tuesday crew started through Jordy Searcy uh-huh. and he, his idea was just to like bring a lot of his friends together that, you know, all do music, but are kind of looking for an outlet. That's not so highly like pressurized, I guess. Hmm. And, um, he invited me to sing on that and write on that song. Um, and that song is a blast. It is summer loving. Yes. Summer. Yeah. That's a blast to sing. Um, I love singing that song. And then, Emily, she had a, she had the song written 
Um, I think her and a guy named James Teeley wrote it. Shout out James Teeley. Uh, <laughs> and he, or they, they were already recording it. And then I think they were just looking for a guy voice and she reached out and I came in and, you know, learned the part. And she's an amazing vocalist. Yeah. Agreed. Amazing. It's funny. Cause I took a singing class last spring and at like the end of my college career and I was always just like singing along to like songs like Summer Love and super fun song to sing, right? And realizing that there's like this gap between where I'm at with singing and like where really good singers are. And then I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> Cause you have to like get your feet wet before you like know what's actually there, you know? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I have a question. So you met all of those people and um, you've been a part of so many different communities now and the musical community. What has it felt like to start to work with people who are like inspirations for you, but who are at your level. You know what I mean? Like, so when you're working with the Brooklyn, the bluff, when you're working with Emily Sage or Jordy Sorcery, like what's it like to have this community around you that's starting to grow and inspire you to be the musician you want to be. It's really fun. It's, it's not like we all hang out every day. Um, but it's, it's really fun to, to be in a city where you know a lot of the talent coming up and one it makes you want to like polish your craft Hmm. whether it be songwriting or playing um but also it's it's like a i think nashville is such a, a special place because it feels so connected and um it feels like it feels like a team hmm. um you know i hear a lot of like cutthroat stuff about new york and la and I just don't think that's true here. I think maybe we have elements of, um, like, I'm sure some people are trying to emulate New York and L.A. And, it, you know, maybe they have some of that in them. But it's like, it's kind of like people in Nashville don't, they don't put up with the, like, sour attitudes. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, it feels very, uh, it's like a family. Yeah, that's cool. That was one of the things I wanted to ask you is, is in one of the other interviews I saw that you were in, you said that you had a really amazing community growing up that was super loving and supportive and that you wanted to recreate that throughout your life. So does Nashville feel like a recreation of kind of what you had when you were younger? Yeah, it, it definitely feels different. I, it feels like, it feels a lot more like a team. Um, I feel like growing up, it was just the fact that like I had like family around and uh, um, like I was in high school choir and um, my church that I went to growing up, my dad was a pastor and it was like, I, I was just sort of like given these opportunities to play and sing in front of people. Hmm. So it's definitely different. Um, but in a way it's like you make these friends here in Nashville and you, you're all doing the same thing. And as people progress, it's like, I guess it's kind of the same thing on some level because it's like, oh, I love this person. Like, let's have them open up for me. And that's what happened with Brooke and the Bluff. They were like, hey, we love Steven. Like, let's bring him on the road. Little did I know they were going to sell out like almost every show. show. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, it's just like I kind of fell into that um, because of the community here. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool to see that because I think a year before I saw you in the Brook and the Bluff, I saw the Brook and the Bluff and Ripe. Um, yeah. 
and just like watching the progression of like how things happen over time is really cool. So uh, hopefully next time you're headlining and then we get some yeah. cool people to open for you. I'd love that. So uh, to wrap us up, I have like a few questions I usually ask is what does authenticity mean to you? Honestly, I feel like it has a lot to do with what we were talking about earlier. I feel like authenticity is not the end, the end goal. It's not like an end goal that like you, you get to, it's like the journey of striving for it, you know? Um, which is, I guess, your title of your podcast, pretty much. <laughs> it's, yeah. definitely a, it's definitely a path more than like, um, I've reached it kind of thing. And so it's, it's a, to me, I would say it's like sort of the, the unfolding, like the continuous unfolding of like discovering yourself. And as you're doing that, it's just how people perceive it and what they, and I think you can tell as people are unfolding themselves. <laughs> it's yeah. Like you can see whether they're being authentic or not. And so yeah. I think good friends can help you discover if you're being authentic or not, you know, tell you the truth about how you're being perceived by other people. Um, I think that's a huge one. Hmm. Yeah. So you started to touch on it. The next question I always ask is how do you know that you're being authentic? And also just before we jump into that, I'd loved what you say about the journey and not the destination. That's a huge thing. What I work on with clients is just to help them figure out that it's, it's not about getting anywhere or being anyone that you're not, but rather just becoming present with who you are now and then enjoying the process. So I think that's like right on, but yeah. So in terms of knowing that you're doing that, how do you, what are the signs for you that you watch for? It's gotten easier and easier for me to, to look back on moments and decide whether I was being authentic or not. Hmm. And so I think the looking back, like over time, as you keep looking back, it just helps you, um, sort of recognize in the moment the, the cyclical nature of it all. It's like, okay, I don't, I'm not going to do this because this is what I used to do. And what I used to do led me to things and, and things that I don't want to be, you know, your habits and ego are like cyclical. And so it's like trying to learn those patterns is, is what has helped me discover um, who I want to be. Yeah. Good answer to a hard question. <laughs> yeah. The, I think it's you know over and over. I, I ask these really hard questions and people are like, that's a hard question. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Like, I want to see what you come up with because I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like outsourcing it, basically. That was one of my, the inspirations for the podcast actually was I was like, all right, all of these other people seem to have figured it out. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I should ask them. And so, yeah, <laughs> maybe you could resonate with that. Oh yeah, for sure. For yeah. Sure. Cool. Well, this has been awesome, Stephen. Thank you so much for coming on. I just want to give you the opportunity to share anywhere that you want people to go find your work uh, or follow you on social media or anything like that. Yeah. Um, all my social media is at Hey Stephen Day, Stephen with a PH. Um, and then my music is on all the streaming services just under Stephen Day. And that's Stephen with a PH. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. I remember that from your, from the show, you were like, it's Steven with a PH. And then you said something about your mom always saying something. 
Yeah. I remember. Yeah. It was probably like she'll get upset if you if you spell it with a V or something like that. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, yeah, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, anything else that you want to say? I don't think so, man. I'm, I'm honored you had me on, and I'd love to do it again sometime. Thanks so much for listening to that episode of the Authentic Path Podcast with Stephen Day. I don't know if you noticed, but while I was editing, I noticed that I could hear myself breathing the entire time and that it was awful. So I'm really sorry about that. And um, yeah, just moving from place to place and figuring out different audio setups to record episodes has been a tricky situation for me. So hopefully it will get better and that that will never happen again. Live and learn. That's the joy of being an entrepreneur is you get to not make the same mistakes twice. So yeah, thanks so much for listening. I love talking to Steven in this episode and as always, stay authentic and if you want to reach out to me, go to phelan.com and I would love to talk to you about anything and everything about authenticity, about you, about life, about dreams, about the podcast, about how good oatmeal chocolate chip cookies are. So yeah, all right, stay authentic and have a wonderful day. (laughs) 